Welcome back. In this week's episode, we discuss Pfizer releasing the 55,000-page document on the COVID-19 vaccine trials, Katanji Brown-Jackson not knowing what a woman is, and Jeremy's razors cutting the economy in half. I'm Luke. And I'm Rhodey. And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. All right, so Rhodey, how was your weekend? Um, my weekend was pretty chill. Um, I didn't really do anything, so, oh, that's really it. Oh, I love doing nothing. Uh, that was, that, that must be great. Uh, I had guests over and my bathroom flooded, so very exciting. Very exciting. I'm, I'm not catching a break here. Not catching a break here. Yeah, no, it was indoor pool party. Oh God, I don't want to think about that. That's, that's sewer water. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I just want to point out that I loved that line with Jeremy Ra- Jeremy's razors. Brilliant line. What? Cutting the economy in half. Oh, yeah. I'm so I'm so proud of myself. I'm gonna pat myself on the back right now. Pat <laughs> myself on the back. I I can't do it for you. <laughs> no, you can't. Unfortunately. All right. So let's. No, okay, so I'm going to do say that again. We want to bring more exciting content for you, dear listener. But in order to do that, we need your help. Smash that like button, share the video with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. In addition, hit the notification bell to be updated when we release the next episode. We are also on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can reach us by DMing us at the right side of the compass or by commenting on the video. We worked very hard on this episode, so we hope you enjoy Anyways, so the first topic for today is the Pfizer documents and scientism. So uh, I sent you a video by Russell Brand, of all people. Uh, and uh, the Lotus Eaters did a great video on Russell Brand kind of evolving into this very based character. And Yeah, I've also noticed that. Yeah, well, in any case, you should see that video. I recommend that video wholeheartedly. They do a lot of good work over at Lotus Eaters. Uh, but... I'm not here to talk about Russell Brand. I want to talk about the Pfizer documents and something that Russell Brand said, which I guess kind of spoke to me. Uh, But let's go over the facts first. So, Rhodey, you you just watched the video. So why don't you fill us in on what happened, what what he said? Yeah, I mean, basically what happened is they want to release their document now about information about the vaccine and – I guess it wasn't um, public knowledge about exactly what was in it. A lot of it was, I guess, uh, either partial or speculation, but they want to release all the data, which is a, a lot. (laughs) Um, And so then the FDA says wants to postpone it for another 75 years, (laughs) which would be like three generations. And literally everyone like who went through this would be, dead <laughs> well you know you know how it is right if if we're all dead we can't get upset of course and also it'd be 75 years later it's like who cares at that point it would be like it would be like if they released hypothetically if they had a vaccine for the for the spanish flu okay and they re- release the document now it's like who cares <laughs> No, you know what it is? You know what it is? They know that if we read it while we're alive, we might vote differently. Yeah. But if but if we read it after we're dead, we won't stop voting Democrat. Yeah, no, it's it's all uh it's it's all a you know, I wouldn't say a game, but it's all uh I don't know, about, you know, 
uh, I don't control essentially. Right. So I believe Russell Brand. I didn't. I watched the video at the beginning of the week, and I didn't watch it later in the week. Uh, admittedly, that's kind of on me. But uh, at the same time, Russell Brand asked a very important question, which is kind of one of the the linchpins of my philosophy. And he asks essentially. I don't. I don't know if this was ex- his exact wording, and you can correct me if you didn't actually say this. But Russell Brand essentially asks, why is it that we're not being trusted with this information when this is the type of information that allows us to make educated decisions? Because they want to control the narrative. Right. But so so that's that's kind of like what I guess my point is with all this. This is the difference between science and scientism, right? Science. Okay. Science is, is the idea that, you know, you you have a hypothesis, you test the hypothesis with an experiment. And then when you you publish the results of your experiment and you allow other people to kind of tear your experiment apart. Science doesn't like to say things that are. It likes to disprove things. And the harder it is to disprove something, that's that's kind of the more sound that idea is, right? Uh-huh. So when something is a theory – wait, so you're saying – okay, so you're saying it disproves things – so like a theory – yeah, that's why they call them theories because they're not they're not like you're not supposed to be so I guess haughty or sure of yourself that it can never be disproven. I think like Newtonian physics were disproven at some point and we only use them to help us understand how physics in the real world work, but in terms of how physics actually work, there's like quantum physics is actually the correct way to do it. I mean, and yeah, I don't I mean, know anything. I'm not. I'm not a scientist. Although, I mean, look at uh, look at Einstein. People didn't believe him for for decades um, that of his theory theory relativity and and other things. They thought that you know light traveled through a thing called the ether. Like it's well, yeah, but that's that's kind of. Do they think there's? How do I even say this? Essentially, these are the same people that when when Galileo Galilei went to the Catholic Church and said, no, the, the earth revolves around the sun. They would have been like, but don't you know the science says that the earth, that the sun revolves around... Don't you know what the science says? Come on, Rhodey. Come on, Galileo. Don't you know that the science says the earth, rev- the, the sun revolves around the earth? Come on, man. Come on. The, come on, man. Um, this, this is one of the things that, that differentiates science from scientism, because science is the idea that you could challenge these ideas, right? It's it's the idea that, like, show your work. Like, I want to see how you know this stuff. But scientism is the belief that there are these guys in lab coats, and they are the gatekeepers of truth and knowledge. And when a guy in a lab coat says something, you have to believe him no matter what. He can He's unfalsifiable. You can't disagree with the man in the white lab coat. That is scientism. And it seems that our leaders... Are, are worshiping at the altar of scientism, of secular liberalism, of this, of the, I, I guess you might say the liberal economic order. And this is, this is part of it. You trust the man in the white lab coat, right? Yeah, and degrees, uh, you know, also. Exactly. That's, I remember at the very beginning of this show, like I think episode one, actually, episode one, you said, like we were talking about um, Janet Ye- Jeanette Yellen or Janet Yellen. Yeah. And you were saying, oh, you know, she must be smart. She graduated from this college. And I said, well, that's just a piece of paper. That doesn't mean she's more educated. And even if she is, that doesn't mean she has the same uh, 
desire that you have of, you know, because she's much richer than you, you know. But regardless, the point still stands that just because a person has a lab coat on doesn't mean they're, you know, wiser than you are when it comes to science. And just because, you know, this, this goes in all areas of your life, right? I, I don't know about other religions, but I know Judaism. If you know the right answer, you know, I, I think me personally, I don't like when, let me put it this way. In my personal opinion, I believe in rabbis showing their work. If rabbis come to a certain conclusion in Jewish law, I'm willing to hear it out, but you got to show your work, man. And uh, if they're not showing their work, I'm going to be much less likely to believe them than someone who does. Yeah, no. Um, but going back to what you said before, I mean, there is some, I mean, they did study it and they are working in it. So there is some form of knowledge there that you don't have. Oh, I agree. Oh, I agree. Definitely. That's why when I'm not going to uh, just to kind of compare this to Judaism, because that's kind of what I understand. That's what I know. And when I say I know what I mean is, is that I've grown up in the system for 26 years. So I I'm, I'm familiar with it. Um, I don't mean to say that I'm fully aware of everything, all the sources, right? Rabbis, for example, they have knowledge to all this. They, in theory, have access to all the sources. They're supposed to know how to read them. They're supposed to know how to understand them. They're supposed to have the, the, the requisite historical background to understand the sources. And they're supposed to be able to even know where to look, right? Because if I wanted to, this is the reason why I don't make my own halachic decisions. Because if I knew, you know, enough to go back in time, and like kind of compare and contrast sources, I wouldn't need to approach a rabbi. I wouldn't ever ask a rabbi a question. I go to a rabbi in the hopes that he knows, you know, these sources and he's going to make a decision. But I will always respect a rabbi more if he says, well, this is the beginning of the, this is where this idea comes from. This is what the rabbis, this is what, you know, people have said throughout the centuries about this issue. And this is what we do nowadays. And this is why we do what we do nowadays. Whereas if someone, you know, kind of just says, oh, you know, um, this is what we do because this guy said so. Well, why should I trust this guy? Who cares what this guy said? Because they tend to be an expert in their field. So one, one thing that you mentioned that I kind of want to go back, you were saying like, oh, science is there to disprove um, things and and if it's believed enough, then it kind of becomes the the uh, the standard, kind of correct. Yeah. Um, so, like going back to what you were saying about Galileo and like you know facing the church. Well, the difference is is that you know yeah that you know the church was saying the science is the sun revolves around the earth, and Galileo was saying no, it's the earth that revolves around the sun. But in this case, it's saying no, you shouldn't listen to the church. You should listen to Galileo. So it would be like if if the church was saying, hey, guys, listen to Galileo. Don't listen to us because he's an expert. That's why it's kind of doing the opposite. I kind of disagree. I think I, I don't doubt the, the scientific expertise of the people running the experiments. That's not what I'm debating here. What I'm debating here is that you have these bureaucrats, right? Like, I actually think it's very apropos to the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church at the time, and, you know, Catholics can, you know, be offended at a different time, but I'm just kind of making the point here that uh, essentially there were scientists working within the Catholic Church, right? And they were kind of doing experiments, running things like that. But then there's the bureaucracy, and the bureaucracy has a different agenda. That's true. 
Right. So I don't doubt that there are good scientists over at Pfizer or Moderna or the FDA or whatever. Like, okay, maybe not the FDA, but I don't doubt that there are good scientists in most places that are trying to make the best decisions and are trying to be honest and, and are not trying to just pull a fast one. But there is a bureaucracy that you need to understand. And just like with Galileo, when he was trying to show that the Earth revolved around the sun and not the other way around, so to here nowadays, we are looking at a situation where individual scientists like Dr. Malone are saying things that are not you know, con- conducive to what the church is saying and the church being the the church of secular liberalism and the church is saying no 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 don't look behind the curtain this is the, this is this this is the science right so that's that's kind of the way i see it and um this is this is a very important document now 55,000 pages that's like most long novels aren't that long <laughs> no seriously what could possibly be written in there like, I really want to see that. Well, like a lot of, I mean, they probably make it that long so to deter people from reading it. Okay, so I'm going to say something. I'm going to I'm going to try to steel man the argument here for a second before we tear it down. Um, I could see the argument being made that if you're running a lot of experiments, you're going to have a lot of documents, and then you have to cite your sources as well. Like if if you've ever seen an academic article, you'll know that like there's generally a list and like a page and a half of sources alone, and that's just like in a normal academic article. Imagine you have fifty five thousand pages of data. Um, Perhaps it's going to be a lot longer. I still just can't see it being fifty five thousand pages long. So, I mean, between you and me, I, I'm kind of hoping someone goes through this stuff and posts a video on YouTube or Rumble or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just double-checking now on online, and yeah, it's like people are saying, it's 55,000 pages. On the I, mean, I, don't, vaccine. I mean, I don't see why the FDA needs to wait <laughs> uh, uh, 75 years to release the document. It will take you 75 years to read 55,000 pages, so... I don't, I don't see why they're like, by the time we finish reading this thing, we'll have been too late anyways. So I know, um, what they do need is a computer to really, uh, you know, is, is a computer to like scan the document for like certain keywords and, you know, certain sentences, you know, to find really important information. Oh, and I'm sure someone's on this because you don't release a 55,000 page document. I think both sides are going to want to know what's in this thing because let's face it, if, you know, not just my side and I'm not even anti-vax here. I'm just, I just don't think I need it, but I kind of want to see who's right. I kind of want to see like whether the anti-vax people were right to be more cautious or whether the, uh, the pro-vax people were right to tell everyone to get vaccinated. I kind of want to see. Yeah, no, definitely be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to see in this document, like, let's be honest. I think what you're going to see in this document, if we see anything at all, it's going to be, you're going to, you're going to see the methods, right? Like, I don't think the data is going to be compelling one way or another. What I think that's going to be more interesting to look at is the methods and how, what, what they did to test. There's probably going to be a lot of bio and like vocabulary lingo and you know, stuff like that where people are not going to understand. So, Oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I don't plan on reading this thing. Um, or if I do, I plan on reading it in very small collections of bites. I don't think I'm going to probably end up reading this thing, you know, for the fun of it. Cause it doesn't look fun to read. It's a, it's a 
forty. It's it's a fifty-five thousand page document. <laughs> a fun read. It's like, hmm, what am I going to do for the weekend? Well, you know, I I just picked up this great book, <laughs> the Pfizer documents. Yeah. Oh man, no that that five thousand pages. I don't think if I stayed up for three days, I could finish it. Like even if I didn't understand a word, three days, like, fifty-five thousand pages. But that's so little. <laughs> that's so little. <laughs> like no, I don't mean the fifty-five thousand pages. You're saying you're saying oh, I can't even you know read it even if I you know spend three days. Three days it should take you three years. <laughs> Three years, yeah. No, I, I, it would listen if I if I stayed up for two weeks in a row and did nothing but read the document and even sleep, I could probably finish it within two weeks. Fifty five thousand pages, and that's really? assuming. Well, that's assuming you don't take breaks to understand what you're reading. That's assuming that you know you don't need to eat, you don't need to sleep, you don't need to go to the restroom. I'm just saying, like, two weeks of solid reading, just reading, not like comprehension, not reflection, I not like challenge you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, there's, there's obviously going to be more time. It could take someone easily like several months, like realistically, to finish this. Um, if they're if if they're doing nothing else but like the bare necessity in reading this. Um, but yeah, no, I, I want to see what's in this thing, and I I'm sick and tired of being told, oh, you don't understand the science. Well, the science is coming out. Let's see what happens. You know. Speaking of the science, um, let's talk about the new Supreme Court nominee. Katanji Brown Jackson. Whoa. By the way, by the way, tangential thing. Why do all these leftist activists need these un-American names? I don't understand. <laughs> no, like seriously, like Katanji, where does that name come from? Like it, it blows my mind. It really does blow my mind. Like, have you ever met a Korean person before? Uh yeah. Okay, so if you'll know anything about Koreans, and I'm not saying all Koreans are like this, and this is not a bad thing, I'm not... Koreans that come to the United States, right? What do they do? They have their Korean names, which is all well and good for them. But then they go, hmm, you know, Americans probably won't be able to pronounce my weird Korean name, right? So what do they do? They have a regular name, the American name that they go by. John. Yeah, it, exactly. And sometimes they make it similar to the Korean name, sometimes they don't. It's fine either way. Uh, I mean, I've seen both. I mean, I've seen Koreans with American names. And I've seen Koreans with uh, Korean names. I think it depends, though. If if their work requires them to be at the mercy of others, they might get an American name. But if they're not working for other people and they're in their independent, they're going to probably go by their Korean name, which I could see the argument for both hand. But the but the idea that there is such a culture among the Koreans and Japanese, uh, not Japanese, Asian people broadly, that they have these ideas that you integrate into the culture, right, to some degree, right? You could keep your culture to the side, but when you're dealing with the rest of us, you participate in American culture, you have an American name. I think that's great. Why is it that black people who were raised in the United States have weird names like Katanji? I don't know. Go by like Rebecca or something. Literally. Like we have a list of great names in the United States. Go by one of them. Katanji's not a real name. Anyways, um, so what happens? So Katanji wait, before we talk about Katanji, let's talk about Joe Biden. So Joe Biden said, I'm gonna get a diversity hire for the Supreme Court, which okay, fair enough. You we we've we've spoken about this before, I think. Have we spoken about Joe Biden's diversity hire? Um for the Supreme Court. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did, no? Um, I don't remember, but... 
I think so. Uh, whether we did or we didn't, that's not really important. We we all kind of knew Joe Biden was going to lean into the diversity hire stuff. We all knew this, this was going to happen. And say what you want about Joe Biden, but he did what he was he said he was going to do. Uh, so he got a diversity hire, all right. And this is uh, who he picked, Katanji Brown-Jackson. Now, Katanji Brown-Jackson is not on the Supreme Court yet. She is currently being um, put through the ringer in the Senate. And... Um, I don't know. She's being asked some very tough questions, like, uh, like for example, by Senator Marsha Black. Was it Senator Marsha Blackburn or Congresswoman Marsha Blackburn? Let me let me see. Um, se- no, Senator Marsha Blackburn. So, what did she ask? Uh, wh- what's the hard hitting, important question that she asked Katanji Brown Jackson? Do, do you know what question she asked Katanji Brown Jackson? I don't know. You tell me, Luke. Okay, so this is the very very hard hitting question. That Katanji Brown Jackson was asked during the Supreme Court hearings. Can you tell me what a woman is? Boom. <laughs> Mind blown. Mind blown. Difficult question. Uh, Senator, Senator Blackburn, you you nailed her. You nailed her. Right? And so what does Katanji Brown Jackson say? He says, I can't define that. I'm not a biologist. I don't know. I, I kind of see where Katanji Jackson's coming from. I'm beginning to think she's not that smart. Beginning to think that maybe she doesn't belong in the Supreme Court, you know, <laughs> she can't define a woman. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I guess she doesn't want to say to. I guess she's either she definitely has an opinion, and she just doesn't want to say it, so she's kind of, you know, kind of brushing it off, or she honestly is like, oh well, you know. It's not for me to say. Well, that kind of that, that, both of those answers are interesting because the first one is like it's it's almost the same problem as the Pfizer as the as the vaccine people who are like, oh, you know, the science says so you need to follow the science. Well, I'm not a biologist, so I can't talk about what a woman is. That's a question for biologists to answer. I can't answer what a woman is. Right. Well, if you're going to be a Supreme Court justice, you're going to have to answer it. <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting you pointed out because the law requires it. We we so it's interesting because in the United States the culture doesn't recognize a woman. As far as many people in the United States are concerned, a woman is a conspiracy theory designed to keep down trans people. Right? Um, there is no such thing as a woman, according to oh. many people in the United States. But the American legal system still recognizes woman as a category that exists in the law. A protected class, if you will. One might even say that there were, I don't know, women that have spent decades fighting for the advancement of women's rights in the United States. And really? all those changes were codified into law. Whoa. And so and so Katanji Brown Jackson, not knowing what a woman is, is, is a big problem because, you know, she doesn't know how to define what a woman is. And therefore, there are a lot of laws that just she does not know how to to talk about. She doesn't know what a woman is. I mean, Rhodey, I don't – what is a woman? What is – what even is a woman? I don't know. All I know is uh, is a birthing person, and that's really it. I know people who uh, who ovulate. There's um, – there's, uh, there's some great terms, but a yeah, birthing person's great. Um, there's people with ovary – there's people with ovaries and uh, uteruses, uterus people. <laughs> Other than that, I don't know what a, what a woman is. Yeah, no, there's it, it, so obviously this this produced a lot of great memes. Of course, it's like you know, uh, 
Um, you remember that meme? It's like, uh, there was one where it goes as follows. I can defeat you for I am no man can defeat him. Well, that doesn't matter because I'm a woman and I am no man. Well, what is a woman? I don't know. I'm not a biologist. And then there's also, of course, the Babylon Bee. They had an article that said that, uh, Adam was confused by God's new creature because he's not a biologist. So, uh, that's funny. Actually. It's very, it's very funny. Um, no, there was some great memes, uh, but but I think this is almost the same problem as the as the the scientist thing that, and this and this gets me. It's like it's this fake deference to authority that no one can know anything unless a scientist says so. I mean, I don't know. I, I've I've been around for twenty six years. I I don't consider myself an expert on anything, but you know. There were times when I would walk past what I think is a woman, although, you know, you can never be sure these days because apparently I'm not a biologist, so I don't know what a woman is. Um, but I felt something like I felt different than I felt around a man, you know? And there were times when I went up to these quote unquote women, which again, I don't know what they are because I'm not a biologist. And, <laughs> and I would maybe ask them out for dinner and drinks. And I, it always seemed to me that I never mistook a woman for a man, right? I never went up to what I thought was a woman, asked her out for drinks, and it turns out, oh, she was a man. It's so interesting, don't you think? I find it fascinating. And 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 by the way, I'm not a biologist. That's that's the craziest thing. Wow. I got like D's in biology. I don't know a damn thing about biology. <laughs> the only thing I remember about biology is that like the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Oh, I avoided biology. I hate it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, but apparently, like now, if you want to ask someone out on a date, if you want to be sure you're asking out a woman, you gotta be, you gotta have a PhD, you gotta be a biologist. You, you know? have to first speak to your uh, local uh, biologist before you ask someone out. Yeah, well, we. So this... <laughs> I can't even keep. This is so stupid. <laughs> I can't even. Uh, you said a, I. I forget what you said though. You said there was another answer that she couldn't say. Like she has like activism, right? She needs to, she needs to pay deference. Well, either, to the well, either she has an opinion and she doesn't want to necessarily, you know, give an answer be, uh, because she's either afraid of, you know, pushback or, or or something, or you know, she's just trying to avoid the the question. It's it's right. just a simple tactic of trying to avoid the question. Oh, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. She just doesn't want to answer it. Yeah, I could see that. I could, uh, on a more serious note, I could see why she wouldn't want to answer the question because then essentially she's putting herself up to scrutiny with all the wrong people, right? Um, yeah, although, no, exactly. Although you do have to wonder if uh, Joe Biden wanted a black woman in uh, in in the Supreme Court seat, and then this woman can't define what a woman is. Well, Joe Biden's not a biologist, so how does he know? That this person's a woman and not, you know, a chair or something. Because after all, Joe Biden's not a biologist, so he wants. It's it's it it blows your mind trying to understand these people, right? And that's why, like, I don't take these people too seriously. So before I talk about why I don't take these people seriously, let let's talk about this. The whole series, the whole reason why Katanji Brown Jackson is in this situation in the first place is because Joe Biden said he wanted a black woman in that Supreme Court seat, right? But now Katanji Brown Jackson is saying that you need to be a biologist to know what a woman is. Well, she's like, well, no, because then by her saying that, then she's essentially saying, like, I don't even know if I'm a woman then because because well, then she's questioning Joe Biden's choice. 
Joe Biden's definitely not a biologist. You know, you know, Joe Biden's as much of a, a Hunter Biden is more of an artist than Joe Biden is a biologist. I there I said it. Those those paintings that Hunter Biden does at two in the morning while on cocaine while on the devil's snow, those are more art, and that makes Hunter Biden more of an artist than Joe Biden is a biologist. So how does Joe Biden even get to tell us that he's looking for a black woman to sit on this? Blows my mind. Anyways, speaking of these very, very stupid culture war issues, let's talk about Jeremy's razors. Woohoo. Okay, so uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a man who likes to wear a beard, but uh, everyone who knows Rhodey knows that Rhodey is a man who enjoys a clean shave every now and then. <laughs> I like cl- being clean shaven. Yeah, well, I-, I always tell you to grow out a beard, but uh, real men wear not the beards. the only one. I'm not the I'm not the only one. See, there are other good people in your life who have good taste, and they're telling you to grow a beard. But if you're not going to grow a beard, you now know what product to buy. You now know what product to consume. Uh, yeah, I do. Jeremy you, Razors. Jeremy's Razors. Well, we're not we're only spo- two payments. Uh, <laughs> I know, we're, we're not sponsored, so don't buy Jeremy's Razors because we're not paid nearly enough to tell you to buy them. So don't buy them. But, but, <laughs> but that don't be- buy the other ones either. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. We'll we'll talk about it. Um, so basically, let's talk about the the history of Jeremy's Razors. So, what is Jeremy's Razors? Jeremy's Razors is a razor company founded by the same people who brought us uh, such headlines as Ben Shapiro destroys feminists with facts and logic, and things like um, I don't know. Speechless, controlling words, controlling minds, <laughs> you know, the the Daily Wire, essentially. I'm, I'm going to stop beating around the bush. The Daily Wire. I'm not nearly funny enough to be making these jokes. Anyway, so what happens? So the Daily Wire, like every other company out there, besides for us, because we're not famous enough to run ads, because we're not famous and we don't get paid any money. But if you do want to advertise with us, let us know. We, we are willing to whore ourselves out for money. But uh, but on a more serious note, the, the Daily Wire has their advertisement partners, obviously. And one of those advertisement partners was Harry's Razors. Uh, Harry's Razors is a company. They make razors. They make shaving cream. I actually used their products at one point. Really? Yeah, you remember when I was shaving my head? Yes. Every day? So yeah. I, I used Harry's Razors and I used Harry's shaving cream. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's actually a fine product as far as products go. They were not bad. Um, but yeah, so I used Harry's razors. And then I remember it was like, I think last year or two years ago, there was a Twitter account. This is what happened. So Michael Knowles, ding, we, we brought up Michael Knowles on the show. So yeah. uh, so, um, so Michael Knowles, he had the audacity to sit, to agree with Candace Owens on her show that wasn't affiliated with the Daily Wire at the time, she said that men are not women. And uh, Michael Knowles didn't disagree because, well, men are not women. And so what happens? So this Twitter account with, like, two followers says, at Harry's Razors, how could you, like, something along the lines of, how could you advertise with this company? They're saying terribly unacceptable things. And so Harry's Razors decides oh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw the daily wire under the bus and they said yeah you're right these are unacceptable views we're not going to advertise with the daily wire any longer uh and so that's what happened now fast forward 
Jeremy Boring, God King at the Daily Wire, and Ben Shapiro, they open up this new razor company called Jeremy's Razors. And, Rody, you saw the commercial. Yeah, no, the commercial was great. It was, it was really great. You have to see it. You have to see it. Um, but, yeah, they've been doing the rounds. They've been going around. They were on Tim Pool. Jeremy Boring was on Tim Pool's show. And, apparently, they've been they've been selling out with these razors. They got 25,000 subscriptions in three days. That's great. Yeah, that's like last minute. Like who? Like how many people switch over their razors? Like because a guy makes a commercial. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> well, I think it's less the commercial and what they represent. Well, that's we're gonna have to get into that. So first of all, I would like to point out this is I think the first company that was ever. No, this wasn't the first company. It wasn't Bugatti founded out of spite for Ferrari. No, that was Lamborghini. Lamborghini, it's still the same idea. Lamborghini, Lamborghini was founded. Lamborghini made tractors, and <clears throat> and and Mr. Lamborghini, he, you know, he was a wealthy man, so he had a Ferrari, and he bought the a Ferrari, and his clutch kept breaking, um, and then he, you know, since he's a you know engineer and stuff, he had his guys look at it, and he realized that he had the same clutch as his tractor. And so he went to like complain to <clears throat> Enzo Ferrari and Enzo Ferrari like said like, oh, like how dare you like and laughed him out of the room. So out of spite, he decided to make his own car. And that's why we have Lamborghinis. But uh, it feels like uh, this is the same story with Jeremy's razors. They have a problem with Harry's razors that uh, Harry's razors threw all these right wing nut jobs who believe that when are men are not women under the bus and so they decided to make a razor company out of spite i mean under rayleigh a lot of people start companies because either they couldn't find a job or because another like another issue similar to jeremy razors you know came about so yeah like, I, I i suppose yeah you got no, any other like examples for, uh, yeah for example honda okay um like the guy who made honda um wasn't accept, didn't get a job at Toyota and, you know, and, you know, he was really upset. And so he decided to make his own car company. It's like, <laughs> Oh, that's, that's an interesting story. Yeah. And a lot of, we- a lot of companies are, are like that. Uh, Elon Musk, you know, th- he said the reason why he started his own company was because he was having trouble finding a job. Like, huh. That's um, interesting. See the things you learn on right side of the compass podcast. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. So like th- these are one of the reasons why, you know, w- like when when you know the, the saying is true, like you know when one door closes another one opens. Yeah. So uh so they they found this company purely out of spite, but I'm I'm kind of interested what this means for the culture because up until now, and this is a very important thing to point out, up until now, the only part of the economy that was divided was the was the media we consumed, right? So, for example, left-wingers might consume CNN or uh, The Young Turks or MSNBC. Right-wingers might consume Fox News or The Daily Wire or The Blaze. But other than that, we all watched the same movies. We all went to the same grocery stores. We all bought the same razors. We all you all the same cars, everything, right? But now we have a product. Now we have a non-media product, a razor blade. That is purely for people who don't want left-wing politics. I don't know. It sounds like you're getting your civil war. Maybe no, you're right. right. And but I also find it that it's a very unfortunate event in terms of the reasoning for it. Like this shouldn't be happening. Like this. Like 
look, Jerry, I'm sure Jerry Razors is great, but like the, the fact that this is happening, I feel it, it shouldn't be like we shouldn't have it that Harry's Razors, you know, left the Daily Wire and is being and being political with with their products. Like we shouldn't be in this situation. And it's unfortunate that we are in this situation. Oh, I agree with you 100%. I will just add the caveat that just because it's unfortunate that we're in this situation doesn't mean I'm not going to help out the side that I agree with. Oh, no, of course. Yeah. Like if like I'm probably not going to get Jeremy's razors, but that's because <laughs> I don't shave. <laughs> I don't. I go to the barber once a month and he clips my beard and he does an excellent job and I know exactly where his politics are and we agree on everything. I have no reason to start, you know, supporting Jeremy Boring now, but you know, I have the Daily Wire subscription. I already pay for the Daily Wire. Um I don't I don't like but yeah, if I was a big shaver, I probably would get Jeremy's razors. And I assume you're probably going to look in, at least look into the company if you're a shaver now. Um, well, I don't use razors. I use a electric shaver. But you wouldn't use like uh, their shaving creams, for example. No, I mean, I've been. <laughs> I should probably use more like shaving creams and and baby powder because it irritates the skin. You probably um, should, and and by the way, by the way, just as someone who used to shave his head and might end up going back to doing that, um, a lot of these like shaving creams they make your they they also work as like a deodorant. They make they make you smell nice. Mm-hmm. So you might like right. listen. I'm not going to sell a product online. I'm just saying, like you know, like if you are interested in supporting the you know this kind of product. A product that, as Jeremy Boring said, I believe he said this, um, well, we don't know you personally, but we don't mean to any specific harm. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, you know, gets me every time, you know, that's like, yep, I'm sold now. Um, No, but seriously, if if I was looking to buy shaving cream, I would seriously consider Jeremy's razors. And I'm not saying this. They don't pay me, of course. They don't know who I am. Um, But what it means, of course, is that, you know, you're you're supporting a company that's not going to do the woke stuff. And it's it's going to mean actual consequences for Harry's razors and Gillette and all these other companies. You remember Gillette, like with their woke commercial, you remember that, right? Uh, I didn't see the commercial, but, but you you remember the controversy surrounding it. Remind me what it was again. It was like essentially like talking about how men are so toxic. You remember when Gillette was, he used to be the best a man can get. Yeah. And then, you know, they started with all the woke stuff. Yeah. Like there, there's the meme where like the guy's walking towards the woman and the the other guy like stops him. That's from the Gillette commercial, and the original si- situ- situation is that he wants to ask the woman out, and that other guy stops him for whatever reason because you're not allowed to ask women out anymore in current year. You're not allowed to ask women out. Oh wow. Yeah. So because if you ask a woman out, it implies that you want to date her, which is misogynist. Because you only want to date women and you don't want to – why wouldn't you want to date a man? You're a misogynist. <sighs> I don't know. Right. So um, – <laughs> right. So I don't know. That's – but I, I am looking at this kind of like – if this is continues and I'm not – you know, this is nothing wrong with the Daily Wire. There's nothing wrong with Jeremy's razors. But I will say that if this continues, civil war is inevitable because the whole thing that kept the country together is – the economics, right? If we're all going to the same supermarkets, we can't be stabbing each other because the guy who works at the, the supermarket, he could be Democrat, he could be Republican. The guy who runs the supermarket could be Democrat, Republican, get you food. But let's say we start separating our supermarkets based on politics. Well, all of a sudden, you never see 
other people. Already, religion is kind of separated by politics. How many right-wing... I could tell you just by eyeballing each religion which religion's right-wing and which religion's left-wing. You know, Orthodox Judaism is more right-wing. Uh, more liberal strains of Judaism are left-wing. And then you've got Catholic, which is more right-wing. And then you've got certain Protestant branches, which are left-wing. And you've got atheism, which is left-wing. There, there, there are already many dividing things, but the economy is the last thing holding us together. And if the economy falls apart because we're making our own companies, even if they're not designed to be ideological, but they're designed to be a counter to an ideological company, then we're going to be in a very bad position in the United States. Uh, yeah. I mean, also like, also part of it is that it's all about profit in the end. And I guess in the end, they feel that, you know, by catering to these ideologies, you know, it'll create more business. Well, that's, that's, there's a theory that's going around that's saying Harry's, what they did was, is they advertised with the Daily Wire for, for a while, right? And they got a bunch of subscriptions, right? But what happens at a certain point, your your subscriptions kind of peter out, right? And this is yeah. everything you can't you can't have everyone buying forever, right? A lot of these subscription models they rely on subscriptions happening, um, but you know there's a limited amount of people on the planet, and there's a limited amount of people who your product pertains to. So at a certain point, people say, you know, I don't know if I really want to, you know, subscribe anymore, like, or I'm not. Bananas about subscribing. So now think you're in Harry's Razors. You're 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 you want more people to subscribe to the product. You've already got the Daily Wire people, right? You already got the right wing people, right? But now you want the left wing people. You want you, now you don't want just like the men who like the 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 based gigachads that listen to the Daily Wire. Now you want the the men the women with the beards that you know listen to uh whatever show it is that those people listen to. Um so what do you do? You you make a big stink on Twitter. That's where those people hang out. You make a big stink on Twitter. You say, oh, um, we don't like the Daily Wire. We think their views are unacceptable. We're not going to do it. Now, all of a sudden, all these left-wing people are like, oh, this razor company went against the Daily Wire. Let's see what they are. And you advertise more. It's an, it's yeah, an advert. That would be stupid because then you're throwing your other customers under the bus. Well, they're kind of hoping that the other people are not going to change their razors just because they went woke. But that's saying why you're saying people are habitual and that, you know, they like the product they're using already. Not only that, but also how many people are going to pay attention to what's going on on Twitter. Oh, oh, maybe. Right. But this probably blew up in their faces. I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, Oh, I completely forgot to point this out. Remember how we spoke about how they're essentially canceling the country of Russia? Um, because finance companies are, are taking it in their hands to make sure that there's no business being done in Russia, that you can't use yeah. a credit card. Right. So now imagine a Russian credit card company says, hey, you know, we're, we're not going to ban you for having pro-Putin opinions. And then an American credit card company says, oh, you know, you supported uh, Donald Trump. Eh, that's cool. You could join us. Now you have different finance. Mm, that's scary just to think about. <laughs> Yeah, it is very scary. That's why this is uh this is it. This is it. If this keeps on going on, there's no coming back. Cause you're never you're you're never gonna get a left winger to say, I really like Jeremy's razors. Someone who's so purely entrenched in the left wing is gonna feel the same way that I feel about Disney, which is that I cannot morally support this company. I'm going to refrain from doing business with them. 
And if that's how everything begins to go, if that's how the supermarkets go, if that's how the finance companies go, if that's how we start renting each other houses and doing landlord. Imagine if your landlord finds out that you support the wrong opinion. Yo, that's insane. Yeah. And they decide, you know, we're not going to rent to this guy anymore. We're going to rent we're going to rent to this person who has the politics I agree with. Oh, and I don't want MAGA hats in my apartment at all, so you have 30 days to leave the premises or else. That's insane. Yeah, that, well, that's that's why <laughs> this is so dangerous, um, and and this is why uh, this is why the the I guess the pun I made at the beginning cuts the culture in half, cuts society in half. Yeah, literally and figuratively. Exactly. And numerically. And numerically. Well, I mean, if nothing else, I wish them the best of luck. I suppose uh, we don't we don't want anyone going out of business. And uh, hey, like you know, if you're looking for a good shave, maybe go check out Jeremy's. Who knows if 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 their razors are anything like their movies, which are very good. I I can recommend the movies, and I say this as someone who's just watched the movies. I saw Hyperion's a couple of weeks ago. Very very good. They're working with with very good quality studios. Um, then their razors are going to be excellent, and you should go pick some up if you're interested. So yeah. Anyways, so I think that's it. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's our show. Please like the video, share it with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. We can also be found on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can reach out to us by DMing us at the right side of the compass on Instagram or by commenting on the video. We hope you enjoy the show and we look forward to seeing you next time.